What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere to lead the pack. At Augusta, he's on his final hole. He's about 455 yards away. He's going to hit about a two iron, I think. Well, you got all of that. The crowd is standing on his feet here at Augusta. The normally reserved Augusta crowd going wild. For this young Cinderella, who's come out of nowhere, he's got about 350 yards left. He's going to hit about a five iron, I expect, don't you think? He's got a beautiful backswing. That's, oh, he got all of that one. He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left, and he's going to, looks like he's got about an eight iron. This crowd has gone deadly silent. Cinderella story, out of nowhere. A former greenskeeper now about to become the Masters champion. <clears throat> it looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Get ready! Woo! We are on tour, and we're doing it better than anybody else alive! This is the Cutline Podcast with your host, Michael Cavalunis. playing at this year's Masters Championship. Coming back from a horrific car accident, leg damn near amputation, and Tiger Woods is potentially playing on Thursday, round one of the Masters. But you got other questions coming in here. Matsuyama has a back problem. The defending champion, a potential withdraw? Is Louis going to finally win a major? Taylor Gooch getting no love? Speeds course history. Why are we talking about all this? Because it's Augusta, Augusta National, Georgia, the Masters. And the cut line, a podcast unlike any other, is here to break it down. Look, when you win the Masters, green jacket. When you are crushing a GPP, the color green. The color of money, coincidence? I think not. And the Masters tournament is here, and we are excited to break it down. It's our favorite major here at the cut line. Maybe number two behind the Open Championship. But regardless of how you guys feel about it, we are going to give you in-depth analysis of this year's player pool. Hello, Canada. Hello, USA. Hello, UK. New Zealand. Australia. South Africa. Spain. Lithuania. Germany. Belgium. You name it, and the cut line is there. Alaska. Illinois. Wisconsin. Michigan. Indiana. Florida. Georgia. Texas. Nevada. All the way out in California. The cut line is dedicated to providing its listeners with a show that's unique and in-depth to the DFS community, but we'd love it if you would just subscribe to any which way you listen to your podcast. Give us a five-star review, and this will keep you in the loop of any changes or future shows that Cutline produces. In addition, if you get sick of us, just unsubscribe. Get rid of the review. Whatever you want to do, it's very simple to do. Now, if you're new to the show... Everybody has the flu. (laughs) 
where the hell you been? I'm your host, Michael Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter. CutlineGolf.com is live. you got the course report, the, uh, the foreplay coming out here later today, our tournament models, and, of course, our gambling in Vegas picks. Let's not forget the driving range where we tackle all those PGA DFS questions that you look to get answered. Tons of reading there, and, of course, you can access our shows anytime that you want. Yesterday, I was on Rob G's show, and we did a smashing job of breaking down this, so check that out on YouTube. But we are here now to break down the Masters. Okay, This show is brought to you by Fanchair Sports and FanchairSports.com. If you want the most best elite ownership in the industry, FanchairSports.com. Easy sign-up option here. You can use either code, Cutline, or the Masters and get 20% off your monthly membership. Ownership is not a leverage to be belittled. Tons of stats, ton of, tons of analysis, breakdowns by some of our best writers, including Lee Aldrich but, and Rob G and myself. But it's the Masters, guys. I'm super pumped. So the Cutline's here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the Masters Tournament, our first PGA Major of the year. And I'm going to do the best I can... Do you know who I am? No, I, I can't say that I do. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Really? People know me. Well, I'm very happy for you. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany give you the best opportunity to cash on Sunday. We'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And our goal is to make sure that you have cashing lineups, smashing lineups, lineups that are kicking ass and taking names and scoring big with everyone's favorite six of six golfers through the cut line. So many of us want to have a successful weekend, but in with the out in with the new, out with the old. Here we go. The first major of the year is here, and I'm excited. Tiger's incredible win in 97. Phil Mickelson, yes, that. Phil Mickelson's win in 2004. Tiger's chip in 2005. The hook that was more crooked than a question mark from Bubba Watson. One of my favorite shots of all time. And there always seems to be something amazing out of every tournament, every Masters, even last year, the way Zalatoris finished runner-up in his first Masters and his first trip to Augusta. You never know what's going to happen at this course. You never know going to know if Jordan Spieth's going to fall apart again. Sergio Garcia is going to, for one weekend, find a putter. Adam Scott has won here. Patrick Reed has won here. Bubba Watson twice. It never, ever gets old. But looking at Augusta National, the course. Course history is such a true measure of a golfer's success here at this, at the, at, at this venue. For as long as I can remember, course history has always been the most relevant of any tournament on PGA Tour. Now, I will say that's not a 100% guarantee of projecting a winner, but come on, Sergio has a green jacket, right? So if we look at Sergio's course history, it's not that great other than the win. But Augusta has seen a few changes for this year's tournament. This is specific to the back nine. Of course, the hardest hole in the entire course just became even more difficult. Par for 11th, White Dogwood was lengthened by 30 yards and some of the trees removed. So will it be harder, easier? We'll find out. Now, that's a hole that historically has averaged over par for the tournament and is often the most difficult to crack. Now, everyone's favorite part five, Azalea, 
the whole 13 had some green changes that would present new challenges to a hole that usually produces scoring opportunities. Firethorn, the par 5 15th, also increased in length as the tee boxes were moved back to the left to adjust for the length changes in modern golf. The final change is seen on the final hole of the course. Oh, that is already difficult. It's now 20 yards longer, longer with a tweak green complex. Now, the new length could potentially take the fairway bunkers out of play, and longer hitters could club down, maybe, and hit a fairway wood. The danger here, as is in any shot, is heading right, finds the trees, and a bogey or worse lands on your scorecard. Augusta National is a true risk-reward course. So there are impossible holes mixed in with scoring. The course lets players hit driver all, all they want. Where they shine is on approach and on its greens. Television does not do justice of how difficult the putting is here. And while plenty of courses do allow tour pros to seek pins, players must use undulation and accuracy to a specific spot on the green to give them the best opportunity in route to birdie or par. Long story short, while putting is incredibly valuable here, being in position to putt for a birdie from 20 feet in the right spot is critical. Hitting targets is key. Players that are going to be hitting targets are going to be looking at birdie, par, and at worst, a bogey coming off the green. The most frustrating aspect about the Masters when considering DraftKings is that this tournament plays more like a WGC event than an actual regular tournament. While there is a cut line, it does not create a massive lack of six of six golfers. So remember this when constructing your lineups. Now, there are bogeys all over the course, but as we've seen historically, the dominance of the par fives is where the leaderboard is defined. Dustin Johnson did win, though, in November just by burying all those par fives. So it's not necessarily an eagle fest. Course is difficult, yet like all tracks on PGA Tour, scoring is going to be dependent on those what those greens are. Right now, weather forecast is calling for rain, so those shorter hitters will be able to have an advantage by dialing in on approach, looking at spots. We're looking at rain right now, looking at rain tomorrow, all throughout the evening, and then finally Thursday, there, there might be a shower or two, very slight, very moderate. Um, but the key thing is that we have a wind coming in Thursday night and Friday night, which is going to dry out those greens for Saturday and Sunday. So it'll be interesting how that uh, occurs. One little nugget, pay attention to the nerves that are going to drive attention towards players or force attention to go in a different direction. For example, last year, the common thread was how first-time players at Augusta typically struggle, yet we saw Zalatoris finish runner-up in a strong showing. Last tidbit, look at caddy changes. Make sure you identify any changes that happen within a player's inner circle and why they made the change. Hiring Augusta experts, which is an abundance of successful players in the past have done here, often tends to place the golfer in a strong position to contend. The winner this weekend will hit premium shots, control their golf ball, and just play smart golf. Course management is always the key at Augusta, and of course, it helps when you're entering the tournament in great form. Bent grass green, 6,450 feet uh, is their size. 13 plus on the stint meter. We got a length of 7,510 yards with a par 72, five water hazards, and 40 bunkers. We already talked about the winners. Our upside of the weather. Past winners, though, include Matsuyama, Dustin Johnson, Tiger Woods, who is, I believe, playing. Reed, Sergio, Danny Willett, Spieth, Bubba Watson, Adam Scott through 2013. Something I want to point out here, the United States have won 72.9% of all Masters tournaments, followed by South Africa at 5.88, Spain at 5.88, England 4.7, Germany 2.35, and only one winner from seven different countries accumulate for 8.23%. Things I want to point out, though, you have tons of multi-winners. 58% of the United States winners have more than one Masters title. South Africa, Gary Player has three of the five. Basteros has two of Spain's five. Nick Faldo has three of England's four. So Langer has all of Germany's two. 
Key stats I'm looking at, tee to green, balls dragging, approach green, some regulation, scrambling, and three-putt avoidance. Um, really going to look in that approach game. Last year, we did get some approach data, so we might use that in our models. Similar courses, TPC Sawgrass, Quail Hollow, PJ West, the stadium course, Corrales, and Riviera Country Club are all courses that I correlate with Augusta. But the question is, who are we going to be playing this weekend? These two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. This is the Cutline's Birdie or Better segment where we break down each tier of DraftKings pricing and look for the best plays, worst plays, chalky plays for this weekend's tournament. We're going to start in this 11K down in the 10K range. And there are some surprises in the changes from ownership just from one day. So we're going to start with Scotty Scheffler. Hottest golfer coming in this tournament, there's no doubt in my mind. Decent course history the last two years that he's been here. Right, we're looking at a 18th and 19th place finish, so at least we have consistency. But the ownership for the guy who's eleven thousand dollars, eleven point six one percent. And my thinking is that people don't feel that strong enough in the players in the seven K range that can win, finish top five, potentially win in order to to justify rostering Scotty Scheffler. But it's hard to argue against his current form. Now, the next guy we're to get into is John Rom. I, I I think Scheffler's worth it, by the way. I do think he's worth it, and I do think you could leverage him in single-entry tournaments, three maxes. Um, and, of course, you're going to have him in your 150 max, those of you guys playing the million maxing out there. But we're going to look at Ron. Okay, four straight top tens here at Augusta. But he's currently has a suspect putter, questionable wedge game right now, a short game, and we all know that's key here at Augusta National. It's really hard to push the fade button, and ownership is saying the same thing. DFS is getting smarter. We're looking currently at about 17 18% ownership. Um, but there's just questions coming in with his form. Even his approach game is off. I mean, let's be realistic. It just He just doesn't look good right now. And the irony is that as bad as he looks, he's damn near 20% ownership. So DFS isn't buying it. It's a major. John Rahm can absolutely compete. I'm not shocked by this, but it absolutely shows how smart people have gotten. Next play, Dustin Johnson. You know, I wonder if his age has finally cut up with him. 37 years old and his game was... Always based on his ability to just smash the ball. Uh, but the course history is great. In ninth at the players, just recently, is phenomenal. But how much stock do we take in that rainy weekend in Florida? So it, it's kind of hard to say that. Lee Aldrich on, on his course suitability metric has him as number two in my overall stat model. I have him at 32nd. And that's just because, like, if you look even long term, he's not dominating anymore. Um, I really think he's picking his spots. You look at his PGA stats, like, they're all qualified right now. He's struggling in ball striking, but he's decent enough in approach to have, you know, success here. 51st, though, in greens and regulation. So there's a lot of questions here with Dustin Johnson. Missed the cut last year after our first and second and 10th finish, respectively. Who knows if if winning the Masters in November was just enough for him to kind of can it in, in in March and April of last year. Justin Thomas. What else are you going to say? The guy's game is tailored for this course. He's going to be incredibly popular, 24% ownership. I got him fourth in my overall projections, in my style projections, fifth. In my course projections, so just at Augusta National, he's 16th. So there, there is not a ton of love in the course projections, but again, that's based on course history. But in my confidence model, number one. Aggregate model, number one. Overall stat model, number one. Scoring, number one. Approach, number one. Fairways, Number two, 
You look at this year's PGA qualified stats. This year's PGA qualified stats. There are two categories that I'm measuring that I have, at least in my research, where he doesn't rank inside the top 20. That's fairway hit percentage, where he ranks 41st in the field, and rounds in the 60s, where he ranks 43rd in the field. But he's third in birdie average, first in bogey avoidance, second in bogey average, second in scoring, 17th around the green, fourth in approach. 10,300, I would argue, with Justin Thomas's history here, 21st, 4th, 12th, 17th, 22nd, third place at the Valspar, 33rd at the Players, great form, $10,300. How Dustin John, or I'm sorry, how Justin Thomas isn't chalk play of the day surprises me, and that could change. Now, Morikawa and McElroy are two interesting ownership leverage plays. McElroy's gone up. You know, he was single digit. He's now up to about 12%. But Morikawa, because of his recent form and because people just doubt the fact that Morikawa can win here for whatever reason, is at 8% ownership. But that's insane to me. Colin Morikawa, who has never been number one, who should be a number one, is sub 10% ownership. Do we really have to go through this again? Last season, he won the Open Championship without ever seeing the course. And you're going to tell me that the future number one gets no love this weekend because of his recent form and suspect play and a guy who's been to Augusta National before? A guy who's finished here 18th and 44th? Seen it twice and made the cut twice? Made the cut on his first go-around? That's absurd. He struggles around the green and he struggles with scrambling. I get that. But if he's dialed in on an approach, it's a major title waiting to happen. Uh, he already has two majors. He already has two majors. Okay, we're like, like remember we're looking at young Rory McIlroy and the major dominance he had? Morikawa's 24. 24 years old. Two majors, potentially to add another this weekend. We're going to get to Victor Hovland a little bit later. We're going to go straight down to Rory McIlroy. I think the miscut last weekend at the Valero helps reduce his ownership. The embarrassment from last season Masters probably inspires some motivation for Rory. Hard to overlook the three top ten finishes over the past five Masters tournaments. And, of course, it's hard to overlook the miscut from last year. What what Rory are we going to get? This is the bugaboo for Rory McIlroy. The Grand Slam is in reach, and he's won the PGA Championship, the U.S. Open and the Open Championship. His best finish here at Augusta is fourth place. Rory has been around a long time in the PGA Tour. So it really kind of feels like he's an old man, like he's as old as Dustin Johnson. But the truth is, he's still in his prime. He's only 32 years old. 32 years old. I swear the guy feels like he's like 50. I don't care that he missed the cut at Valero. It's all about this weekend. Every year it's about the four tournaments for McElroy at this point. The other ones are just practice rounds. So this takes us to the 9K range, which brings us all the way from Cameron Smith down to Daniel Berger. And we're going to start out with DeChambeau and Matsuyama. Both are dealing with injuries. Both are dealing with potential withdrawals. Bryson DeChambeau has come out and said that he's only 80%. Matsuyama, which drew last week with the bad back. And, of course, you're looking at ownership that's way, way low. The argument to be playing Matsuyama is he's defending champion. We talk about the repeat champions that have occurred here constantly. Um, not necessarily back-to-back as often as repeat champions, but but we know the numbers. So Matsuyama could easily win here again as he did last season. DeChambeau has not had the success that we hoped for. In fact, we've had a DeChambeau here that's appeared at the Masters Tournament several times, and his best finish is the 29th place finish. So I think the new Bryson, the distance Bryson, that's all 
focus on on muscle and power is just wrong for this course. So I'm not going to be touching Matsuyama and Deshambo this weekend. Matsuyama, I have a fear of the back. Deshambo, I just have no interest in because of the way he plays. So we're going to jump down to 9K Daniel Berger. And much of Berger's recent success is with the putter. And you do really need to like putt well here to have success, but you also need to put it all together. Recently, he's been playing like crap from tee to green, at least by his standards. And I just have a hard time jumping on board. But if, you, if you're going to play him, I'm not going to argue against it, especially when he's coming in at ownership at about you know 8 to 10%. He currently ranks number 14 in my overall stat model. So for that's key. But you look at my approach model. In the last fourth, 59th, last 12, 44th in the field. So it's not screaming like, hey, play me. Now, when you do look at this year's qualified stats, Berger does rank 17th. Um, and first in scrambling, fifth in strokes gain around the green. But you just kind of curious about his recent form in terms of his approach game because the putter has been so good. Like at the Players' Championship, I don't really like counting it, but at the Honda, he ranked fourth, but he didn't miss the cut at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. I do like Berger here. I I have a hard time, though, like saying I'm going to be overweight on him. I, I know ultimately he'll come down to my 150 max when and if I need to roster someone like Daniel Berger, but miscut last year, 32nd and 27th, just doesn't scream promise and hope with a guy who's $9,000. Zalatoris, we saw the course history from last year. I will have pieces of him. I'm going to be underweight. We're going to play wait and see. Um, but Brooks Kepka and Patrick Cantley are two guys that I do have some hesitation towards, but some interest in. Cantley started the season hot as hell, but he's cooled off big time, and we're looking at recent poor approach. And that leaves me very cautious, and I'll have some interest here as a pivot, depending on ownership shakes out. But Cantley is very cautious in terms of how I want to play him. He, he just doesn't have necessarily a strong approach game to play here. And and you see it in his ranks. Um, 66 in the last fourth. Even the last 36, he's only 30th in the field. So that's something to consider. In terms of PGA stats, the approach number is daunting. He's 54th in approach in 2022 in qualified stats. If we look at last season, that's different. Cantley's 21st in approach in the field. Two missed cuts, 17th and 9th. He's the perfect GPP play, so that's kind of why you're going to roster Cantley. And of course, Major Slayer Brooks Kepka. Everyone says, is he going to care? Is he going to show up? Look, Brooks sees red at majors. I'm going to buy in. I love the fact that he missed the cut here last year. It's added motivation. The fact that he missed the cut at the players due to the weather draw. It's going to reduce his ownership so you can leverage the entire tournament that you're in, rostering Brooks Kepka. I don't feel that like this ownership is going to stay low. 16% is, is not high for Brooks Kepka at the Masters, but I do feel that this number could creep up. Cameron Smith, 26% ownership. Have that sink in. Uh, last two guys we're going to talk about here in the 9K range. Jordan Spieth coming in at sub 10%, not coming in with the best form, but of course the course history. If you are a course history buff, this is your guy. This is your pivot point. My overall stat model, though, ranks 40th. But my confidence model ranks 23rd, aggregate model 41st. Um, in my approach model, he ranks 5th overall. In terms of like this year's PGA season stats, 22nd in what I'm waiting. But the thing I like to see, he's 11th in scrambling. 14th in bogey average, 16th in bogey avoidance, 23rd in the par fives. But the key thing for Spieth here, as it is in any year, course history. Last five years, he has two top five finishes. 
two, four top 25 finishes and 146th. You got to buy into that Jordan Spieth course history. I don't think a missed cut is on the horizon. And of course, Xander Schauffele, the question is at 9,600, do you think Xander could win? We've seen third, 17th, second, and 50th. No missed cuts in those last four years. Just projects great here at Augusta National. 12th in my conference model, 15th in my aggregate model. If you look at my overall stat model, he's number 12. So he's hovering in that like that zone that Decky was in last year. The issue with Xander for me is a couple things. One of like this field taking away like Zalatoris and everyone above him. He he doesn't have a ton of wins. You know, Victor Hovland, Scheffler have two, but they're younger on tour. Xander is great. He is. But when are we going to start buying into that he is who he is? He's 27, 28 years old. He has no major titles. Okay, we, 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 we've seen this before potentially where like someone like Louie, who we're going to talk about in the 8K range, he has one major title, but ever since then hasn't put it together. He's done well. He's finished top five, but he can't go beyond that. Just for the record, Louie only has one win on, on PGA Tour, and it is that major. But So Xander, I don't think he's high risk. I just don't know if he can win. And ownership could potentially shake out a little higher than 12%. Going down to the 8K range. All right. Louis is Louis. We know who he is. We know he's a ball striker. We know how he fits here. The question is, can he win $8,900? I'm going to roster him. Not much to, to, to say about the 38-year-old. Um, not super long off the tee, but highly accurate. And, and that's something that I would love to see here at Augusta if we're going to see Louis Ustuzin succeed. Uh, if you look at 2021 stats, and we're not looking at 2022, he ranks 23rd in the field in approach, and the weighted stats from last season, he ranks 7th overall. And the fact that he's in the 8K range kind of gives me some hope. This year he's 23rd when we're looking at weighted stats. Now Shane Lowry is someone that I really like this week, especially at 8,800. He's playing some of the best golf of his career right now. And it's not a surprise that he looks so good because he's just been dialed in on approach. And I love that aspect. The other thing I really like to see is that his course history is kind of suspect. He's got two missed cuts, but two top 30 finishes. So there's tons of upside here to throw him in a, in a lot of lineups, especially with ownership that's coming in at 10%. You can hands down leverage the field. You can leverage the field with Shane Lowry. Taylor Gooch, my boy Tommy loves him. I like him too. He's never played here, and people are following the Zalatoris model. So they're thinking, okay, if he's never played here, he'll have no success. The problem is that Taylor Gooch's $8,700 salary is throwing everybody off, especially the fact that he's $8,700. He's Taylor Gooch. He's never played here, but he's like 3 to 5% ownership, which to me is insane. But you look at this season's stats, 10th in my weighted rankings, okay? He's 13th in approach, 17th in greens in regulation. Struggles a little bit with the scrambling, but he's still in the top half, but second in strokes getting around the green. So there's a lot to love there about Gooch. The only thing you hate, and let's be realistic, the only thing you hate about Taylor Gooch is the fact that he has never played here. He's never played here. It's a huge deal. Sam Burns, oh, man. Here's my issue. He hasn't played here, and people, this is like contrary to the Zalatoris play. Zalatoris had his runner-up finish here. People are going to buy into Sam Burns because of the putting, but very rarely does a first-time player at Augusta succeed. In fact, we often see multiple stumbles, be it a missed cut or even like a, a, 
a finish that's way low in the standings. So Sam Burns, who is getting that love compared to Taylor Gooch, and it's more than likely because people are comparing the two and the cheaper price at 8600 that they're going to Burns. Tiger Woods is going to play this weekend, and I love that this news is out prior to me recording. He's pretty much going to play. Here's my thing on, on Tiger, and you're going to have a lot of naysayers say that, okay, he can't win. Right, potentially, but I don't think Tiger Woods comes out here being who he is, anticipating just to play Augusta National for nostalgic reasons. He's not built that way. You're going to tell me that Tiger Woods, who's at the twilight of his career, who's got 82 wins in his career, who is a 15-time major champion, is here for the scenery, is here to play just to see if he can? No. Tiger Woods is here to win. He's here to compete. He's here to shoot for top fives, top tens, first place. He's never missed a cut. One thing I loved is Max Homa compared the comeback of Kobe Bryant when he tore his Achilles. Remember how amazing the return of Bryant was. So I love this narrative, and I love all the negativity. Tiger is built one way. If I can win, I'm going to play. Tiger's a go for me. He's a go for me. He's 5% ownership. I'm doing 150 max, so I can lock him in. I can take that risk. It's worth it. It's worth it. 8,500. DraftKings, you were smart rostering him at 8,500 because now no one's going to buy into that. Sung JM, suspect course history in terms of a miscut and top five finish, so you can buy in if you want. Course is going to play wet. Course is probably going to play longer, and that could help him out. But then when the wind comes in on the weekend, we'll see what's going on. Adam Scott, former winner. I'm not going to dive too much in on them, but Joaquin Neiman, course history definitely makes this a high-risk play, but he does have the game to play here. Like He's solid on approach, multiple wins on PGA Tour. Last time we saw him with the players, he had a great play. It was a great day. Again, the weather draw helped him. Ownership is a tad high for my liking at, at, at 15%. Um, so that could burn you, and he is the type of player that burns you. So I would go over underweight on him. Um, and I hope that number goes down as the week progresses, but I, it's going up. So 90 golfers in the field, the ownership is going to be elevated massively. So it's not necessarily a chalk play, but you know, I, I could see why everyone loves Neiman here as kind of like that sneaky pivot, but Tony Finau is the guy I love 29th at the Valero sub 10% because people are sick of this Tony Finau crap and narrative. They are just disgusted with the fact that he doesn't win. And I really thought he turned that corner last season when he finally got the victory and got the monkey off his back. But people are just now hating And I'm going to take advantage. He's in solid form right now. And he's ready to roll for the weekend. Never won a major, but he's got two wins on the PGA Tour. You look at his course history here for Finau. 10th, 38th, 5th, and 10th. That's three top 10s. For a guy who's $8,100. I'm going to buy into that. Absolutely going to buy into that. Last guy, Terrell Hatton. Don't really got a lot of interest here. So we're going to break down that 7K range. And this is all the way from Abraham Answer down to Robert McIntyre. Answer, I have reservations. He can score. He can play. He missed the cut the Valspar. That has me cautious. So, you know, I'm not in love with Answer. I got him in my NFT market with Golf Goons. So there's an advantage there that I could fade him because if he does do well, I, I do well at Golf Goons. But Russell Henley, he's he's really an interesting play. Ranks number one in the field in twenty in 2022 in approach. 
12th in greens in regulation, 3rd in scoring, 18th on par 5, 7th in strokes gained tee to green. He's ninth in ball striking. And where the only real blemish is is scrambling and driving distance, where he ranks 44th and 49th, respectively. So it's not terrible for Russell Henley here. Um, in course projections for Augusta, he ranks 11th in my model. 5th in Lee Aldrich's course suitability metric. And 17th in my overall stat model, 21st in my dance model, 14th in my aggregate model. Big issue, though, 14% ownership. So hopefully that number goes a little bit down. Sergio Garcia, if you listen to the show long enough, you know I never want to play Serge. But whatever. Um, Matt Fitzpatrick getting a ton of love. Now, he is priced to where you can roster him, but I just don't think Fitzpatrick's first win on PGA Tour comes at the Masters. Plus, currently looking at over 15% ownership, so they're less a problem in itself because it's one of those plays that can burn your lineup. He's a defensive player. So for majors, I like him a lot. I like an Open Championship or a U.S. Open. But the Masters requires a well-rounded game. you got to take advantage of those par fives. Now, I haven't said that. He's statistically having a great season so far because he, he ranks 5th in strokes gained tee to green, 19th off the tee, 12th in approach, 3rd in scrambling, 7th around the green, 3rd on par 5s, which we just kind of talked about. So I think Fitz is not a sleeper here, but it is good chalk. Um, people are going to look at, at, at course history, and and they're not going to realize that his game's growing because I really thought he was going to be a lot, a lot higher owned and it was going to take some ownership from Corey Connors, but of course that's not the case. 25 years old, his game could be coming together for Augusta. I'm not sure he can win this specific Masters because he's still working on a lot of things. But, you know, in the in future years, absolutely. Tommy Fleetwood, we know the narrative. We know the narrative here. He'll have a round where he falls apart, and it'll ruin your weekend. 46, 19, 36, 17th, miscut. So that's kind of how I feel about $7,700 Tony Fino. Paul Casey. Paul Casey, I think, is one of those like Justin Rose type sleepers from last season, except he is getting double digit ownership. People are looking at last year and seeing some of those trends. But 22nd in my overall stat model, 16th in my confidence model, 20th in my aggregate model. But the thing I like is his approach game. Like his approach game is dialed in, fifth in the field in 2022 in approach, 12th in scrambling, both key stats that you need here. Where he struggles are those par fives. Can he score on the par fives to do well here? The course history would say no. Even at 7,600, 26th, 38th, miscut, 15th, and 6th in the last five years. So this is the older version of Paul Casey from 2017. Not sure I'm buying into that. I'd probably go underweight. And of course, Corey, Corey Connors, it's, it's Chuck, Corey Connors week. Thank God he's above 7K this year. But he's built for Augusta. You look at his record. Just thank goodness, like I said, he's not sub-7K. Last season, Corey Connors was the up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA start cheat code. right? I, and, and the ownership reflected that. He was like 40-some percent ownership last year. And the fact that he wasn't higher 50 or 60 is ridiculous. People were just getting too cute. But Corey Connors last year said 6,800, 6,900, 6,700, somewhere around there. Insane, of course. All right, Webb Simpson. I think at this price, Webb is a great play. He's currently projected so low in ownership because everyone's going to Connors, everyone's going to Fitzpatrick, and he's the pivot. He's got immense upside just based on course history. Last four, four, four tournaments here at the Masters, 12th, 5th, 10th, and 20th. And the guy is in the middle range of the 7K range. I'll take it. Lots of risk because you don't have any recent form for Webby, but still, I will take it. Um, confidence model has him low. 47th, 45th in my aggregate model, 51st in my overall stat model. So you can go 
with ownership or a little shade underweight. And of course, he he he's not, not dominating those par fives, but you gotta love the course history here. The last time we saw Webb, forty eighth the Valspar, missed the cut at the players. We don't really count that. And then before that, we we haven't really seen much of Webb, right? Dealing with injury, but we did see the eighth at the RSM Classic. Justin Rose, great course history here. You can go go back to him, sub ten percent. Um, he's not a high risk play, but we saw last year how you can have success. Now, here's the irony. Billy Horschel is double-digit ownership. And this is a guy who's never really done well at Augusta National. 50th, 38th, 56th, missed cut. I don't think I'm going to buy into the Billy Hole narrative. Uh, I'm not interested in that. And I get it. He's been dialing in on approach on certain courses, especially during the Florida swing. But we're in Georgia. We're at a major. This is Augusta. Mm -mm. I, I don't think I'm going to have a lot of Billy Horschel. PXG or not, this is Patrick Reed track. He won in 2018. And since then, he has multiple top 10 finishes. And the Masters tends out to bring the best players in the world. And let's face it, there are more multi-winners here than any other tournament. Patrick Reed could get a second green jacket. Now, a lot of factors cause that repetitive nature of winning. But it's never a stat I don't consider, especially with Reed and his dominance here. Um, we know his game's been off, and some attribute it to his change to PXG, but we'll see. Like, I don't mind going underweight on a guy who in the last four years has three top ten finishes, and he's $7,400. I get that his form is gross, but from a projection standpoint, from a DFS standpoint, it's a nice leverage position. More people are going to Leishman here in this spot, and... I understand why you look at 5th, 13th, 49th, 9th, 43rd in the last five years. So there's a ton of upside. Ownership's a little bit down because of his recent form. You look at the missed cut at the players, 68th at the Arnold Palmer. And like you didn't really see a good tournament until, what was it? The Genesis. And that was so long, long ago. Like 15th at the Genesis. Like it's hard to buy into going overweight on Mark Leishman, but there are things I do like. You look at this year's qualified stance, he's 29th in the field in approach, 27th in ball striking, 22nd in driving distance, so we know he has the muscle to to, to get it up to the greens on the par fives, 19th on par fives, and number one on par threes. I think that's an overlooked stat. So I, I do think there's some risk here playing Leishman, don't get me wrong, but he is someone I'm going to buy into. Um, again, 11% ownership, if that ownership can get below double digits, I, I think that's key. But Watson, again, similar to Reed, multi-winner multi here. Um, I may have some pieces if I want to grow my player pool to that level. Seamus Powers, a guy who's never played here. Uh-uh. I'm not biting that bullet. Kokrak, mixed results in the past. Uh, Max Homa and Siwoo Kim. I, I think you're going to have to make some decisions here. People are loving Max more than Max and Siwoo more than Kokrak, and, and it's pretty obvious why. Like their stats kind of like jump out at you. Kokrak a miscut, and then a 49th. But Max Homa two miscuts. Thing with Siwoo Kim, you look at the course history: 12, 34th, 21st, 24th miscut. Um, Siwoo likes this course. He likes playing Augusta. $7,100. Can he crack that top 10? That's going to be key to your success for any lineup that you build. We could go back to Luke List. I do like him. Uh, Cameron Young, though, 
and, and McIntyre, these are all kind of like dart throws. And if you're doing more than one one lineup, I, I can validate the play, especially with someone like Cameron Young who could score like with the best players out there. The problem is, you know, he can also fuck it up with the best players out there. Um, Luke List, on the other hand, he's he's dialed in on ball striking and approach, but scrambling is kind of eh, right. Um, Cameron Young misses a green. Eh. Got to deal with around the, the green game, but both are doing well on on par fives. Young though, not so much. I, I guess Young is like middle of the road for those par fives. McIntyre played here last year as a debutant, finished twelfth. People are gonna go back to that and lie, rely on that, especially at seven thousand um, dollars. Eighth in Lee Aldrich's course suitability metric, but I really think that a lot of that tailors itself to the fact that he is only looking at last year's Masters. Now, this is surprising is Gary Woodland because we're going to go down this 6K range. Coming in at like 13 14% ownership. This is a guy whose course history is insanely awful. 40th, miscut, 32nd, miscut, miscut. But the recent form is just so good. 8th, 21st, players we don't count, but he missed the cut. 5th, 5th, three top 10s. In the last five tournaments, four top 25s in the last five tournaments. And we're not counting the players, so that's four to four. He's in really good form, and people are noticing it. Unfortunately, he's not a sleeper. So, like, I thought he wouldn't be this chalky when you consider the way he's playing but and the way that people value course history. This might be one of those plays that people talk themselves into and then talk themselves out of. Like, no, 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 I'm not going to roster that. Never mind. It makes sense to roster Gary Woodland. All right, Brian Harmon feels like a safe play to me. Uh, I'm curious if he can show top 10 upside. Recent form looks a lot better, and I think people are going to ignore him because, well, he's Brian Harmon. But the truth is he's done very well in majors during his career. 12th here last year at Augusta, 13th at the 2017 PGA Championship, and 2nd at the 2017 U.S. Open, and 19th at the 2021 Open Championship. Now, a little nugget. The PGA Championship was played at Quail Hollow in 2017. Um, so he finished in the top 15. I, I use that as a correlative correlation course to Augusta National. 2017 was played at Aaron Hills, which is more of a um, link-style course, but you talk about undulation and the similarities between Augusta and undulation. Now, the green cha- green complexes aren't as challenging at Aaron Hills, but still. Um, Quail Hollow is a course I can definitely correlate with Augusta and the conditions at any U.S. Open are the closest you're going to get to the green speeds here at Augusta. Kevin Knott's course horse, so we're going we're gonna to look at playing him. And then uh, Tom Hogue, Tom Hoagie, I don't really have a lot of love here. I, I, I know people talked about how he's a, he's a killer on the greens, killer on approach and everything of that nature, but he's one that I'm not going to be looking to roster this weekend. And then people are going to reach. They're going to reach for guys like Bez and EVR and Harris English and Sepp Straka, but HV3, Thomas Peters at 6,600 seems like that trap play. Um, he's getting a decent amount of love, especially in ownership at like damn near like 10, 12%. And, and don't get me wrong, I think Thomas Peters is a great, great player. Finished fourth in 2017, but he missed the cut in 2018. He's never won on tour, he's never won a major. And I get the rationale in in rostering someone like like Peters. Like you want to get that low six K upside, and you see the fourth place finish, but hasn't been here for how many years? 
You look at his recent form, miscut at the players. Again, we don't really count that, but then 32nd at the API, miscut at the Genesis. Like, is this someone you really, really, really want to start throwing in your in your in your rosters and lineups right now? He has no qualified stats for 2022. You, you know, you go back to 2021, and Peters is is doesn't have qualified stats there. He plays it all on Euro Tour. So kind of hard for me to accept Thomas Peters here as as chalky as he's gonna be, I think. What what do we say? Like damn near ten percent, like that. That's hard, hard to justify. Um, Matt Wolf <laughs> watching end up winning. Oh god, that would be heartbreaking for everyone who hates Matt Wolf. I really just hate that swing. Um, but Stuart Sink, he interests me. Zach Johnson, thirteenth of the Valero. A lot of bad history here at Augusta, but again, that's a pivot if you want to really get different. Uh, but my favorite way to get different down at the bottom is, is Schwartzel. He's won here, obviously, at Augusta before. We've seen, you know, top finishes. I don't – like, he's throwing, he's only 36, and I get we look at someone like Fred Couples. Obviously, he can't ever win. Um, Oslobal, like, like he can't get in there. Um, but Schwartzel has that upside. It, it's going to be miscut or something else. So, if you want to go Scheffler-Schwartzel in some of your lineups, I think that's a way to go. Um, but, you know, it, it's hit or miss with Charles here at, uh, at Augusta. The next question, next question is who can't we play this weekend? No, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. no, 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 hell no. Can't do it. This is the Cutline signature segment, can't do it, won't do it plays that we are not touching and my number one can't do it and this could easily come back to bite me in the ass and i said this several times but cameron smith cannot win a golf tournament unless he gains two and a half strokes of putting or more every tournament that he has won the 28 year old the five-time winner gained at least Two and a half strokes putting in those tournaments that he's won. And I cannot buy into putting variance at this price at $9,900 at a major championship, no less. Everyone's going to be dialed in. Everyone is going to be dialed in. Cam Smith, great year so far. Solid year so far. Okay. I I, I mean, let's be realistic. You look at his, his, his numbers for 2022, he's... Seventh in approach in the field, fourth in greens and regulation, 31st in scrambling, 10th around the green, first in scoring, ninth in bogey average, eighth in bogey avoidance, second on par fives. It all says play me. It all says, God, you have to roster me. But again, the stat I can't get over is the fact that in the five tournaments he's won, maybe four out of five, two and a half strokes putting. That's not going to happen here. Course history is immaculate, 10th, 2nd, 51st, 5th. Variance, I'm banking on it. I'm hoping it happens because it's going to be a hard fade of the $9,900 man. If I don't hard fade it, it's going to be a low ownership. But Cam Smith, it's it's a tough sell. Of course, Sergio Garcia can't do it. Guy spits in, in cups and we're back to hating Sergio. And then that's it. That's it. Probably going to go for some Billy Horschel and not play him. And, and that's it. Can't do it. It's over. Let's take it home. Oh, you men are all alike. 
seven or eight quick ones and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. That's it. It's over. It's all over. That is the breakdown of the Masters Championship at Augusta National. Special thanks to Fanshare Sports and all the support that they give us. Get a shout out to Golf Goons. You haven't joined up for Golf Goons yet? Go at the Golf Goons on Twitter. Join the Discord. Join the drops. Win some cash. Join us next week as we break down one of our favorites, RBC Heritage at Harbortown Golf Links. Cash and smash on Sunday. See you at top of the leaderboard. Peace.